Kia ora and welcome to the Take Your Meds podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Rose. I'm a trauma recovery coach and founder of No New Things and Ritual, my online programs that transform your inner world. Season two of the podcast is all about the new paradigm of leadership. I've called in some pretty extraordinary millennials to chat this through esoteric, philosophical, spiritual, indigenous, and creative lenses to shift your mindset. Let's go. Well, kia ora everybody and welcome back to the Take Your Meds podcast. I am so excited for this episode because I'm sitting down with my sister, my friend, and I also feel like a great mentor and guide. Mm. Um, Madison Purcell is here in the building. And yeah, Maddie and I met hmm, recently. Well, I feel like our friendship started developing recently. Yes. But did we first? No, you were my client. Oh, yeah. You were my client first. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. So um, Maddie is an amazing masseuse. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Massage therapist. Massage um, therapist, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's everything. More yeah, than you that. bring so much to it. I feel like <laughs> you are able to put my mind, body, and spirit back into alignment, which mm. is like I've never experienced with a massage therapist. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So originally I was coming in for yes, massages yes. and then our friendship grew more mm. recently, which has been really yes. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I think you've come to one circle of mine or Yes, yeah. the circle, yeah, mm. which was so beautiful, the sisterhood of women mm-hmm. and the power in that circle was like um, unlike anything I had really ever experienced wow. before. You hold a powerful circle. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, I'm so excited for this episode because Maddie, to me, really embodies the energy and the essence of Mother Earth <laughs> and after spending like time together, I always walk away feeling like a greater custodian of mother mm-hmm. earth because of who you be and your energy and the way that you show up and the way that you call people forward really. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for this episode. Welcome Maddie to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, what's alive for you? Oh, I feel like a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> In all the most beautiful and terrifying ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in life, we all go through our own phases, our own journeys, our own ups and downs. And I feel like we know when we're coming to the edge of one cycle ending and we're on that like precipice and that um, we're like stand- standing on the edge, ready to step into the new unknown Mm -hmm. and there's so much fear there but in a good beautiful way Mm -hmm. and that's how you know that that is where you're meant to be when there's that fear that excites you Mm -hmm. um so that's where I am I'm on that edge I feel that new that new cycle that new um reality stepping forward and magnetizing Mm. so I, those are, (laughs) I don't know how to explain it more than that. It's beautiful. It's poetic. It's Mm. really like the death of something. Yes. And the rebirth of something else. Absolutely. Yes. That feels like a really potent place to start. Yeah. 
death and rebirth. Oh, yes. How My has... favorite topic, death. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go there. Let's go. Let's I go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> tell mm-hmm. me, tell me a little bit about what death and rebirth means for you and I guess the sacredness of that cycle, like what does it look like to notice that fear and that terror, but also the beauty of it? Mm. And how do you hold yourself and journey through that transition point? Mm-hmm. What does what does that look like and sound like for you? Mm-hmm. Well, all of us, that was our first experience ever on this life mm-hmm. in this on this earth is being in the womb. That was our first um, knowing, our understanding of the world. And all of a sudden, we're being born. Mm-hmm. And to a, a, cha- a baby that is has no idea what is on the other side of this pressure, mm-hmm. and to the baby, that could be death. But really, it's life, it's birth. Mm-hmm. And so that's our first experience with death and rebirth is literally being born onto the planet. Yeah. And... And so it's so deeply ingrained in who we are. We come here, our first experience could be dying, but it's being born, in mm. fact. And and that cycle continues and continues. And um, there are, we die so many times, and it's such a beautiful way to look at life, mm-hmm. to to view ourselves as beings that are just perpetually growing. Um, and... And we can do it with ease. Um, How the fuck do you do it with ease? (laughs) So when we look at nature, though, nature dies and is reborn with ease. Nature Mm. doesn't question it. Nature doesn't fear it. Mm. Um, You know, like all of the all of these cyclical um, creatures and plants, you know, the butterfly, the the snake, Mm. um, all of these beings. go into a death process Mm -hmm. and they're reborn but that is their nature Mm -hmm. they don't fear it and with us humans we have this more highly developed intelligence but but it comes with a price because it comes with fear Mm -hmm. um knowing comes with fear and so Mm -hmm. when we mm, Mm -hmm. when we when we are on that precipice of change and we're looking back and we're looking at all the ways that we're ready to let go of because we know that it's not serving us. There comes with so much fear because we have so much attachment to the known. Mm. And that's why knowing comes with fear because stepping into the unknown is so challenging to our ego, to our human mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so beautiful to do because there's so much transformation that comes within ourselves when we actually step out mm. off that ledge into faith and so really it's just surrendering to it all Mm. surrendering to that flow of life and just allowing it to take you Mm -hmm. um being like the the snake Mm. you know shedding her skin and she does it with ease she doesn't she doesn't fear it she she's growing and Mm -hmm. she makes more room for herself and to do that she needs to let go of the old that 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 skin that is smaller Mm -hmm. than her she's shedding that because she's growing Mm. Holy shit. That was just like, <laughs> that was just like a divine channel of, of love and light. Mm. That was, oh my goodness, so beautiful. And it's so cool to look at nature and how it just totally surrenders to that right. process. Right. And how we as humans 
resist so much resistance. And I think too, the more that I go and surrender into that natural process of us as humans, where there's an invitation for a part or an identity or a season to die Hmm. for something else to be reborn. I think the more that I understand that as a natural process, the less suffering and toxicity I find in my life Mm -hmm. and that the toxicity and suffering comes for me from the resistance to that natural cyclical calling for change. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious to hear like, how do you embrace that change, that transition point from noticing, okay, there is a death that is imminent or Mm -hmm. it's time to shed a skin or it's time to come from the chrysalis into the butterfly. Mm. What, what do you notice? What do you begin to notice as you're coming to the end Mm -hmm. of one cycle and transitioning into the other? Mm -hmm. And how do you care for yourself as you begin Mm -hmm. to shed the skin? Mm -hmm. I love that question. Um, I want to answer it with sharing with you what my deepest core value is. And that is bravery Mm. to live a life, um, a full life that Mm -hmm. is completely yours, that you choose, that serves your highest being and allows you to be um, your highest state of living. Um, It requires bravery. Mm. And so many things in life require bravery. And that's why I hold it so deeply within my heart, because uh, to have bravery allows you to do so much and see the world uh, with excitement. Mm. And yeah, I really feel bravery carries us. Wow. Having that so rooted as Mm -hmm. well and like so clear that that's a value for you Mm. then gives you an anchor point to be able to live it out. Yes, absolutely. That's beautiful, sister. Bravery. Mm. I've never considered bravery as a core value of mine. Mm. Mine at the moment are the up on the whiteboard space, devotion, consistency, focus, play, Mm. weird and divine. I love that. But at the same time, I feel like it takes bravery for so many of those things. It's just Mm. we don't see how uh, bravery allows us to move through life. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I feel like bravery. Yeah, bravery manifests for me in in the way that I uh, get out of my own way for the divine to move through yes. me or for me to fully express my weirdness. It's right. not even fucking weird, but you know, whatever it's yes. the story. Right. But yeah. there's a bravery in peeling back the stories, the mm-hmm. beliefs, the labels, the identities so mm-hmm. that I can step into what is truly wanting mm-hmm. to move through me, which has nothing to do with me at all. <laughs> um, and there's, there's bravery. I like that reframe. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, let's talk about Mm -hmm. self-governance. Self-governance being, well, my definition being the way that you lead yourself, Mm -hmm. um, the management and governance of your inner world, your inner reality. Um, What does good self-governance mean to you? Mm, That's such a good question. I feel like you just need to be 
ready to take care of yourself. You know, mm. it's about not waiting for someone else to do it for you, mm -hmm. not waiting for someone else to come and save you. It's coming to a place where you have your own back mm. and you know that. Mm. Therefore, you trust yourself. And when you trust yourself and you you know that you are there for you, you it allows you to step up. Mm -hmm. and say, this is what I'm going to do today because I love myself. This is how I'm going to take care of myself. It's like being in a relationship with yourself in the present mm -hmm. and yourself in the future. Ooh. And so it's like the present me is going to do this for the future me. It's like you have this uh, twin flame relationship, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's not about the external. It's about the internal um, synergy mm -hmm. and unity within yourself. So so it's like, I'm going to put myself to bed early tonight because I have a big day tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so, and then my future self wakes up and is so grateful for my past self. So it's just this, Ooh. this relationship with your future self and, and therefore it can be loving mm. and it can be um, compassionate and it can be um, generous because it's, it's just all giving back to yourself. Focusing on yourself, leading yourself, loving yourself. <laughs> I've never thought about it like that. Mm. Like that connection in the present to your future self mm -hmm. and through that connection, then being like a really great caretaker or like a great yes. parent even yes. for yeah. that. Absolutely. For that version of yourself and loving that version of yourself mm -hmm. and keeping the promise that you make to that version mm -hmm. of yourself as well. Like, yeah, I think, you know, my experience working in philanthropy and charity and being in the church, like there's so much martyrdom and there's so much like yes. giving from a place of absolute scarcity. Yes. And to that. really make the space to lead yourself first and foremost, it just turns up the potency of what you can Absolutely. really give. It's a different energy. It's a, it's an it's magnetic mm -hmm. as well. It's like, mm -hmm. what the heck are they doing different? Right. Yeah. I feel like, um, because I've also grown up with that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it, you know, there, there's so many beautiful elements and, you know, the giving. And uh, I do notice sometimes um, that it can be giving out of uh, validation, approval, people pleasing. Mm -hmm. And when we give to ourselves out of self-love and self-nourishment and self-care, that is just completely different. Mm -hmm. it's a com and, and it's so much more um, unconditional, mm. you know, and it's so much more pure and authentic as well. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. That's such a reframe for me. I, I'm going to pick that up and try that on after this episode <laughs> for sure. Like going like my nighttime routine tonight, I'm going to be like, okay, what am I doing tomorrow? What does she need tonight in preparation for that? Like I can be so in the moment of like, right. how do I be fully present and show up with what's here, what's alive within me, what's alive within outside of me and how do I respond? I think that's the generator energy, mm. human design of like, yeah, how can I be fully present with my body so I can respond to what is? Mm -hmm. And there is an invitation here to stretch a little bit further out and connect with that future self to see how I can respond in my body to what she needs. Right. Which is beautiful. Right. And then when we become that future self, we have so much gratitude for our past self mm. for doing the things that we needed. <laughs> 
Mm. That is so nourishing. <laughs> I love that. And then showing up, you know, from this place of self-governance, what does that really mean for you? And I guess we're kind of skirting the edges a little bit in terms of like leadership, like mm-hmm. how you show up in service, mm-hmm. how you show up to make a contribution, mm-hmm. how you show up to allow the uniqueness that moves through you to manifest mm-hmm. from that place of good self-governance for you, what is good leadership in the external world? Mm-hmm. I think it, we can get really caught up in how the world, the state of the world is, especially if you're, you know, you're sensitive and empathic. And Mm -hmm. honestly, it's been a hard couple of years. Mm -hmm. It's been really hard and and it hasn't affected um, people's mental health and just our, you know, the way that we feel living in a world that has so much pain. and I was thinking about this a few weeks ago when um, Russia declared war on Ukraine and how, you know, just it's just heartbreaking to see so much pain in the world. And therefore, I don't want to show up or I don't want to, you know, you can wallow in that mm-hmm. feeling of helplessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came to a point of I'm not helping anyone. And the reality is there has been war all over the world Mm-hmm. before this point and if i am going to help anyone i have to hold a vibration within myself that is going to be helpful mm-hmm. and impactful mm-hmm. um and uplifting mm-hmm. uh, I, so i can transmute that pain and um within myself mm-hmm. so that i can show up in a higher vibration to be of service mm-hmm. um because if the pain is rooted in helplessness, then the solution is to help. And so therefore, that is how we can move through that blockage of seeing the world in such a dire place. Mm-hmm. Move through it, step up and do something about it in your own way, in wow. your own community. You know, we don't have to save the world because mm-hmm. the truth is we can't, mm-hmm. but we can be a light in the community even just the people we interact with every day, yes, you know, in the store or getting a coffee or whatever it is, the yeah. little things are the important things. Mm, I mm. love this. Yeah. It can feel so overwhelming at times when you really zoom out and look at so much. And I know for a lot of young people, like eco-anxiety, like there is so much anxiety just from the state of things yes, and COVID anxiety that COVID anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like this feeling of helplessness of like, well, what can I do mm-hmm. in the face of these huge global issues? And you're so right. Like we can't save the world and we're not mm-hmm. here for that. Yes. Um, and coming back into our power is to look at what is the state that I'm in? Am I in a helpful and am I in a useful state? Yes. Am I in a resourceful state? Right. You can feel those things Mm -hmm. and then look at what you can do to shift them, to change that frequency. And then from that place, what becomes possible. Yeah. I love that. And so, you know, the way that you're talking about leadership is really looking at uh, yourself in a, in a way that examines the frequency that you're carrying Mm -hmm. and has a close connection with that Mm -hmm. honors your experience and, 
when you're noticing it being rooted in that helplessness, actually going through some kind of process to shift that, right? to alchemize that. Can yes. you talk a little bit to mm-hmm. that? Because I yes. think that would be really helpful for people yeah. listening. And I know that you know all of the tools as well. Says I can always learn more. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, nothing. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like we need to learn these tools that are going to help us. Yes. Um, just live our day. Uh, be strong and get through all of the hard things. And that does not mean repressing them, ignoring them. It means yeah. facing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's so many ways. Um, I mean, I could just go off a list. I mean, starting from the start of my day. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'll do because that's easier. So in the morning when I'm before I'm waking up, when I'm in that state of almost awake, but not quite, I'm grounding mm-hmm. first thing, mm-hmm. grounding into the earth. Cause I know I'm about to wake up to a bunch of crazy kids that aren't going to listen to me <laughs> when I'm trying to get them to school and they're going to be late at all the things. Uh-huh. So I have to be grounded. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did this morning, grounded into the earth. Um, and then getting up and once all the crazy kids are at school and everything's calm again, getting in a shower. And one thing that I've loved doing is cold showers. Mm-hmm. Do you do cold immersion therapy? I have done it in the past, mm-hmm. like going to a mm-hmm. place and doing it yeah. um, or after the gym when I was going mm-hmm. to the gym. But like I love being comfortable and warm and mm-hmm. I know that means I should do it more. No, but, you do. Yeah. It, and that's the thing. Do what works for you because yeah. there's so many different modalities that will help you uh, alchemize uh, the dense feelings that you hold, mm-hmm. but do what calls to you because everyone is unique and there's not one right way to do it. Love this. Um, but yeah, cold water helps me because I don't particularly like to sit and do breath work because that's where my ego is like oh, I don't want to do that but mm. cold water actually forces me to do breath work because you have to take slow deep breaths oh. mm-hmm. okay yeah so yeah breath work's another one yeah um there are so many ways but breath work is very powerful yeah you know sitting in that space where you are holding this intention to face this mm-hmm. and using life breath prana to to alchemize it to transform it mm-hmm. to release it as well mm-hmm so that's powerful. I love um, that. I love mm. that. That's so powerful. Yeah. Mine at the moment is uh, breath work mm-hmm. and also like spending time in the stillness to just be mm-hmm. like, you know, I, with my generator energy, whatever, I like to go. I like yeah. to move. I like mm-hmm. to be inspired and lit up and excited by what I'm doing and I've created Mm -hmm. a life that Mm -hmm. is filled with these things and so there's so much energy for me to to do you Mm -hmm. know and so for me my deep work is in being Mm -hmm. and so at the moment what I have been enjoying doing is just actually going outside sitting in the grass and just noticing just five things I can hear five things I can smell five things I can touch Five things I can taste and just working through like a mindfulness practice mm-hmm. to really just be. Yes. And then from that place of grounding and presence, it is this realization that like this moment is abundant. Mm-hmm. There's everything mm-hmm. I need right here, right now yeah. for me to move from a resourceful place mm-hmm. and to slow down and unplug from the tech, from the lights from the 
music you know I love my drum and bass I've always got drum and bass going (laughs) and to go and really be connected with mother nature Mm -hmm. I start to notice all the messages that she has Mm -hmm. that are always there yeah but I'm too busy to listen Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. and that invitation is just so soft and so gentle Mm -hmm. and so potent and so powerful you know like there'll be a bird song and then it's like, Oh, what are the birds saying? You know, mm-hmm. what, why are they here? What's the message? Or yes. the wind will be moving through the trees and the leaves in a particular way that invokes a feeling or a sense or, yes. and I'm just like, Oh, yeah, okay. You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. can get so caught up in the doing. Yes. I know like exactly what you mean. The pure mm-hmm. magic is just over there. If mm-hmm. you could be, I love that. And I love that you say the small moments every day because the stillness is so, so important. And I don't want people to think that that means going and sitting on a pillow and meditating for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. That is powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. Mm -hmm. But the truth is I don't always have the time. And so catching myself in those moments of presence throughout the day. That's it. yeah, just noticing, like looking up, oh, the sky is beautiful. Yes. You know, I, I didn't notice that before because I was doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much beauty all around us. Mm-hmm. And to become aware of our surroundings is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a really good practice to help cultivate that, those moments of presence throughout the day is just, and the holistic psychologist said this, okay. is to set alarms during your day um, for like random times throughout your day. And when the alarm goes off, notice, are you present in that mm. time? And it will just start to develop um, the presence through more times th- throughout your day. Mm, I uh, love that. Mm. And then it becomes a way of of being and doing, you yes. know, like it's not just something you do in the morning mm-hmm. or in the evening. It's actually the way that you show up in life yes. is with presence. Yes. And that is the greatest gift. Like for so long, I lived on autopilot and just like this constant stream of bullshit addicting yep. like addictions to just my inner identities Voice. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my ego mm-hmm. um and that I I didn't do anything with presence mm-hmm. and now it's like been years of of this kind of devotion to changing the way that I be because it was not, it was not helpful. It was not, it was utter chaos. You know, everything I did, was so fast. And like, it was really me in my flight response, just like running away from my past, not able to really sit with and process what had been. But when I got what it was costing me, like Mm -hmm. my relationships, the level of connection and intimacy I had in my life, Mm -hmm. the ways that I was showing up as a leader, my ability to parent, I was like, I'm not, I'm not paying this anymore. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, this costs yeah. too much. And it was at that point, it was really my transition into motherhood mm-hmm. that I was like, right, what the fuck is going on here? And it was through those small but consistent invitations into presence that allowed me the capacity to really sit with what was beneath the surface and begin to process, begin to heal, begin to excavate what had happened 
um, and really stop allowing my past to dictate mm-hmm. what happened in the present. Mm. And yeah. there were so many deaths in that. Oh, my God. Yes. Like so much had to die. Yes. Because I had really created this identity and this um, this self around all that trauma, around mm-hmm. all that pain and all that hurt. And it was like, well, who am I without that? Well, I'm not this person. So, so mm-hmm. much, so much died. Yes. And on the other side was just like, oh, my God, life is beautiful. <laughs> like we can grow from joy. Yeah, We can grow from joy. Absolutely. Yes, we can dr- grow from pain and suffering. And, yes, there are seasons in life where it really is, you know, like it's it's challenging. It's stretching. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to this other side with my trauma where I was like, you mean that you can grow from joy and pleasure <laughs> and fun and play? Like, whoa. Yes. It's beautiful. What's your experience like with that? Oh, I love it. I just think that that's what we're taught when we're in a hard spot. We're trying to be positive about it. Mm. And so we say, okay, well, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? And that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I learned when I had my stillbirth last year was at the beginning, I was I felt like, you know what? Screw the higher plan. Mm-hmm. I don't want there to be a higher purpose for this. Mm. You know, this just hurts and there's no reason for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt in some way I was betraying my child by saying this was, you know, I can learn and grow from this, you know. And so I wanted to be in that space. Mm-hmm. And I just want everyone to know that's okay. You know, you don't always have to be on this upward spiral mm. of growth and healing because the truth is that it's not upward <laughs> healing mm. is not linear um but with time I and an experience I did see how much I did learn and grow from it even if that was not my intention yeah um and so it, it is beautiful and so I think that we get um attached to the idea well I did grow so much from this this hard time I guess mm-hmm. that's how we grow mm-hmm. but no there's so much growth in the play and the fun and the pleasure mm-hmm. like you said it's like finding yourself finding yourself in the joy and that's where the growth is Mm -hmm. um but you touched on so many things about how you were living through your nervous system being dysregulated Mm -hmm. and that was the you know living in the past and and that is not talked about a lot or enough even Mm -hmm. if it is talked about because our nervous system is really the lens through which we see the world yes and when we're nervous system is in flight or fight we are seeing things so differently than someone else who is calm and mm-hmm. peaceful and they're they're grounded. Mm-hmm. We could be saying the same thing, but through different ways. And mm-hmm. we just need to give ourselves grace in the moment when we are going through something hard and afterwards, mm-hmm. the, after the fact of the um, whatever it was that happened afterwards comes the healing because our nervous system is still mm-hmm. in that state or mm-hmm. can be. Um, so it's just really important to be aware of that. Mm, yeah, yeah, so true. Just honoring the sacredness yeah. of what you've shared, you mm, know, thank just thank you. you for opening your heart. And yeah, I can't imagine what that experience would have been like for you last year. Mm. Um, 
and here you are speaking about it with such love and yes yeah you know I said that I didn't want there to be a high purpose and here I am talking about all the beautiful (laughs) things that I've learned and grown from it so Yeah. yeah it's just being where you are at that time, you mm-hmm. know, where I was, there wasn't a higher purpose because I was in it. I mm-hmm. was in the moment. And in this moment, I see that all of the beautiful things that have come out of it, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that my grief is not there. Mm-hmm. It just means that I am a different person because it. of it. That's it. And it's, there's a level of honesty. What I'm hearing is like a level of honesty to meet yourself where you're at mm-hmm. and not bypassing that, not mm-hmm. making it more positive than what it needs to be. Like mm-hmm. some things aren't positive. <laughs> exactly. It's the, yeah. It's like meeting yes. that there and being honest about it. Yes. And that's huge because then you can actually move through it. Because if we yeah. can't even accept and acknowledge what's there, mm-hmm. we can't actually shift through it because we're mm-hmm. not meeting it where it's at. Mm-hmm. And I, I love what you're talking about with the nervous system. Like I feel like, you know, my background is in youth development and philanthropy and charity and systems change. And I've worked in this space of like human potential now Mm. nearly for um, 10 years or community development or Mm -hmm. um, thriving communities. And I always kind of had this insatiable appetite to understand, well, what's the root beneath that? And where did that come from? What sits beneath that? And it never really got itched fully. And Mm -hmm. I mean, like I would be thinking about this every day Mm -hmm. in my work over the last 10 years, like (laughs) of like just, you know, I guess too, as well, studying strategic philanthropy and, you know, my research and then, yeah, looking at positive youth development models. Like I'm a Mm -hmm. bit of a geek, a bit of a nerd and like looked at all the research. I love it. (laughs) And, um, spoke to thousands of young people about their lived experience with mental Mm -hmm. health, addiction, like all this stuff, but mm. it never felt like the itch was itched until I found the work around trauma and mm. nervous system, mm-hmm. because that is in my current understanding, the root of dysfunction yes. within ourselves and mm-hmm. within systems. So we've got people making decisions mm-hmm. in positions of power and influence with dysregulated nervous systems. Mm -hmm. We know that the quality of our thoughts are dependent Mm -hmm. on how regulated our nervous system is. Mm -hmm. And it's like, holy shit, why are we not talking about this? Well, I guess we are. (laughs) Right. So it's like, yeah, I'm just curious, like what's been, what's been your experience in regulating your nervous Mm -hmm. system? I know we've talked a bit about grounding, Mm -hmm. which is really beautiful. Mm Um, is there anything else that you want to touch on with this topic? Definitely. I just had a funny thought as well on that, you know, because in, you know, spiritually we say choose love over fear, but can we choose a regulated nervous system over a dysregulated (laughs) nervous system? Because it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, yes, Maddie. Oh my God, I love it. Right. So if you're not into the woo woo stuff, that's all good. Like I am, but it's all good if you're not. Like you can look at the science yeah. of um, the parasympathetic versus the sympathetic nervous system because it's all intertwined and in the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how did I go about healing my nervous system? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, it was a shock, definitely. And 
I tried to be as aware as I was going through my experience with the stillbirth as possible. You know, we say sit in that seat of the observer and the witness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I would, I was in the hospital bed and I could feel myself going into, I was felt myself put up walls, you know, and I just want to say I consciously did that. I put up those walls. Um, I allowed myself to be in that state of kind of like fight or fawn um, because that's what I needed to do to get through it. Yes. So I don't want to villainize being in that state of yes. fight or flight because it's there for a reason. It that's is there it. Pro- to, te- to protect you. It yeah. will save your life. And so let us not to judge it, mm-hmm. but we don't want to live our lives from that state. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we are in that state, we can be in a state of acceptance to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was able to get through the stillbirth. I knew that adrenaline was in my body giving birth and I was okay with it. You know, mm. I was aware of it and okay with it. And it was really the aftermath of of the stillbirth is where the healing came mm-hmm. because I'd never had anxiety in my life. But after the stillbirth, I developed anxiety. And so I, mm. I thought, okay, this is a new experience. I'm having these panic attacks. I've never had them before. Mm. Um, I can see that my nervous system is fried mm-hmm. because I've been through this trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can just be okay with it <laughs> and just be aware when it's happening, it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I can bring the tools that I know, <clears throat> excuse me, to help myself through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so also just gave myself time. Like I don't need to fix this or heal this right now. I can just let it play out. Oh, wow, sister. <clears throat> excuse me. That is so mm. beautiful to hear the grace and compassion <clears throat> and kindness. Like that just feels so... That feels like a key to this process. Right. You know, like I can, I'm, I'm feeling into these different experiences, you know, very different from yours. For me, my inner world is that critic is so harsh of like, mm-hmm. need to be doing more. This needs to change now. Yes. Um, you're not going fast enough with your healing. Right. Um, what else could you be doing different? Is this really the best that you can do? Like, And that has helped me to do some really great things. But (laughs) hearing how nourishing that is to just offer yourself that level of grace and compassion through that process, Mm. like that's love. Mm. That is so kind. Mm. And how when you come to this place of acceptance, you then notice and know when there are those opportunities for you to then do what it is that you can do to help support yourself to recover. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. When you're ready to, um, just being in my body, Mm. you know, because when we go through those hard things, we want to escape our body, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to have some distance from it. And I understand that. And that's okay. Mm. You know, that we do what we need to do to survive. But when we're ready to start healing, um, 
coming back home to our body mm. is is how we heal because our body is a conduit for healing because our body can move the energy through it so it's yes. such a powerful tool actually yes so it's not just about coming home to our body because we love ourselves and we can be more present it's coming home because our body can take us through the healing it's so powerful mm. wow maddie this whole transmission, like, <laughs> oh my goodness, this is so healing, so medicinal. Mm. Just, yeah, honoring you for the sacredness of this share. Mm. Like, it's so beautiful. Mm. Thank you for opening your heart and sharing this experience. Like, I know for people listening that there will be a resonance. Like, mm. and and these kinds of conversations, I guess, it's like ha making it accessible, you know, yeah. like I think with Instagram and social media and culture, like, it's all the best bits, you yes. know, when the reality is that there is duality, there yes. is polarity mm -hmm. and it's all love. This is where I'm trying to come to with this at the moment. Like mm -hmm. we need polarity to create mm -hmm. and at every death there is the rebirth. It's like so beautiful to really have that land and then for me, like reflecting on really traumatic and difficult experiences of the past is being able to come to this place of like deep gratitude for the person, the project or the place, because now I can see it as love propelling and pushing mm -hmm. me forward into a new yes. reality that is in greater alignment mm -hmm. with what it is that I'm being called to do, be, share, show up as not as Gemma, but as the divine that moves through. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, so long I spent like bitter and twisted and resentful and angry. And to now kind of come to this place of like, it is all love. Mm -hmm. It is all love. It, it, yeah, that, that polarity is required in order for there to be creation. Yes, absolutely. It's like a battery. So we have the positive charge and the negative charge, and you need both to create the mm. charge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where are we going now? I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> like we could kind of move. We're talking, you know, polarity, yeah. feminine, masculine. Yes. Potentially sisterhood. I know yes. we mentioned that before. Yeah. Where do you want to? Well, I go? feel like we can carry what you were speaking into that because um, you were speaking about social media and how we show up with the best parts of ourselves and the highlight reel, mm -hmm. um, and that really carries into how we view each other as women. Mm -hmm. um, and I did want to touch on the sisterhood wound because I think that's our work to do mm -hmm. and we do it for ourselves, mm -hmm. for each other and for our children. Mm -hmm. And social media really is the theater in which the sisterhood wound plays out because it's just scrolling, scroll, scrolling, scrolling through all of these um, women who are beautiful and and you know they have all the things that we perceive ourselves not to have and therefore that perpetuates the sisterhood wound mm -hmm. um so i wanted to ask you do you have experience with that oh my gosh <laughs> i like i feel tender talking mm. about the sisterhood wound yeah um yeah i think 
I think when I really reflect on the sisterhood wound for me, it's been alive my whole life. I think my earliest memories of having friends is betrayal from girls Mm -hmm. and women and just feeling so confused and hurt by that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also looking at my adult relationships and also owning the fact that me living in my trauma response of fight Mm -hmm. has meant that I have played a toxic role in the dynamics that I have had with women. And I own that, you know, there is a part of me that resonated with sisterhood wounding because I myself am and was toxic, you know, and I have to own that. that. I love that responsibility. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you know, what's the common denominator, sweetie? It's you are also playing a role here, you know? Absolutely. And so, yeah, I feel like there has been a core belief that I've carried for most of my life until about a year ago that everybody leaves Mm -hmm. subconsciously. And so how that then manifested consciously like Mm -hmm. in dynamics was that these relationships would come to an end Mm -hmm. um and that I was kind of not all my relationships I have some beautiful sisters that I have known for like 15 20 years lifelong friends um and I adore them Mm -hmm. like endlessly um but those other relationships I feel like because I hadn't looked at those toxic parts of me you know, they really resonated in a codependent way with these types of women that really was just dramatic and just so superficial mm. and yeah, just didn't have that soul element that yes. is like, I see you, I hear you, I love you, I understand you, and I'm committed to owning what it is that I need in this relationship, Mm -hmm. communicating that I'm committed to developing a secure relationship within myself and from that place relating to you Mm -hmm. and with you and understanding what my boundaries are, understanding energetically what feels good and what doesn't and Mm -hmm. communicating that, understanding what my values are as I go into relationships now and what I will and won't tolerate. What are my minimum standards, Mm non-negotiables, And I feel like kind of that cleanup in the way that I relate to others, in particular women, has meant that I now have a greater depth of intimacy and connection with sisters. Yes. But yeah, that was a big like... No, it's powerful. (laughs) It's really powerful because... Where are you at with it? um, I know that so many women can resonate with your experience. Uh, I can. Um, But the sisterhood wound is I think it's just so deeply ingrained. It's just um, how society has shaped women and how we view each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like it does, uh, having a sisterhood wound doesn't mean that you have bad relationships with all women. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that you don't have great relationships with women. It can just mean that in some way there might be some um, 
envy or insecurity or jealousy or competition or comparison with women. And I think just mm. to bring it down into the small, smaller micro moments that we relation with other women mm -hmm. um, so that we can see it more clearly and how it affects our everyday lives and our relationships mm -hmm. is important. So it doesn't have to be this huge dramatic thing. Mm -hmm. um, nothing dramatic had to happen to you. You didn't have to have um, bullies that were women or, or anything. It could just be how you perceive and um, compare yourself relate. to women, yeah. relate to women. Um, but for me, yeah, it was similar. You know, I have beautiful sisters, cousins. Um, and so I have great relationships with women. When I, I grew up here in New Zealand, but when I was 14, I moved to California. And going to a high school in California was such a culture shock for me. Mm -hmm. And the girls at this... California school were just beautiful, beautiful girls, but I just felt so different. Mm. I felt like I just did not relate to them. I didn't get in. Nothing was wrong with them. Again, taking responsibility for yourself. Um, but yeah, just remembering how I was just not a California girl mm -hmm. <laughs> at the time, in the beginning, first moving there. Um, and so I just felt you know, it just ingrained in myself this um, comparison. And mm -hmm. what a sisterhood wound really is, is it's rooted in lack and scarcity and mm -hmm. of not enoughness. And I like how you said with yours, it was a feeling of that everyone's going to leave. Mm -hmm. And again, that's that um, scarcity. It's that not enoughness. Mm -hmm. um, and really learning to heal the sister wound when we heal within ourselves, like you mentioned, it was about you healing, mm -hmm. taking responsibility where you were the toxic one. Mm -hmm. um, and learning to love myself and seeing myself as a unique individual, as a unique woman with my own gifts, with my own um, beautiful things that I bring mm -hmm. and present. And so therefore not having to compare myself to another woman because she has her own individual gifts. Mm -hmm. And so really it's just learning to, it's all about yourself again, mm -hmm. learning to love and accept yourself as you are. And like you said earlier, accepting all of the dark and the light, all of that duality within yourself, accepting mm -hmm. yourself as whole so that when you are presented with another woman, because you are already whole, the mirror image that she reflects back to you doesn't reflect any lack. <laughs> and, so beautiful. and just being compassionate with the process, it doesn't have to happen overnight. Yeah. Um, but it is important work to do and mm. we do it um, so that we can attract women mm. that are confident and don't um, hide themselves and women that don't judge us because they don't judge themselves. Mm -hmm. And and so it's so such a beautiful thing to heal because you develop such deep friendships with women mm -hmm. because you don't see them as um, something so much better than yourself. You see them as, you know, equal. Mm -hmm. You see them with admiration. And mm -hmm. I think that's such a, that's a key to mm -hmm. look at women with admiration instead yes. of insecurity. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that was just so beautiful. <laughs> so the sisterhood wound, I love how you've described it and how it can show up. And I think what you're touching on just there is like what the other side looks like, you know, like mm -hmm. the admiration or the 
the honoring of who they be and the acceptance of the light and the dark Mm -hmm. within what is presented. Mm -hmm. But that in order to get there, there is a level of depth that you have needed to go in wood. Absolutely. What's coming up for me is like the purity consciousness from religion Mm -hmm. and growing Mm -hmm. up in the church Mm And I think the biggest challenge for me in really coming into um, a place of radical acceptance of who I am and how I show up has been recovering from religious abuse Mm. and spiritual trauma of, you know, absolutely the most incredible people that I got to grow up with in the church. And I've been on missions trips into developing countries with the most beautiful humans. I would never do that shit again. colonization 101 um and you know a lot of stuff from the church that I choose to take is really beautiful and a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff I leave behind but on this sisterhood wound what's coming up for me and really being able to come to that place of abundance has been looking at the darkness or the bad or the wrong that exists in all humans Mm -hmm. and bringing love to that in a way that potentially wasn't prescribed through the church. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about mm-hmm. your experience with that. Yeah. What has it looked like for you to really heal that sister wound from mm-hmm. a place of deep connection to all that you are? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because so really when we look at other women, we can see them as reflections of us. And if we are repressing some aspect of us that will be triggered when we see that within her Mm -hmm. and so therefore our work is to do our shadow work to look at all of the things that we have been taught by purity culture whatever it was Mm -hmm. that were unworthy um, not acceptable unlovable all of the things that we have put in our shadow Mm -hmm. um, that we hide from ourselves Mm -hmm. so that we can present this version of ourselves that is acceptable Mm -hmm. so it's looking into that it's not easy it's uncomfortable but it is such a a life changer when you do that when you accept Mm -hmm. uh, the things that you have rejected and bring it, integrate it into yourself Mm -hmm. so that you are whole. Um, Again, it's like there's so much light in our shadow. And when we see the light and when we integrate it back into ourselves by bringing forgiveness to that Mm -hmm. and healing, then we can shine so much brighter and, and then also attract friends that shine as well. And and inspire other women to shine and not be afraid of shining because also the sisterhood wound is uh, making yourself small in order to be accepted, you know? Mm -hmm. And I definitely did that. You know, I didn't, I wanted women and girls to accept me. I wanted them to be my friends. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, empathically noticing, okay, I'm going to have to like tone it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't feel like I'm too big Mm -hmm. um, or I'm too bright or I'm too much, too too muchness. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to tone it down, make myself small so that she'll be my friend. So Mm -hmm. I cannot be accepted. So again, it's just being all of yourself, being as bright as you want. Mm -hmm. And Yes, that is going to uh, inspire some women to shine, but the truth is also it is going to trigger the F out of 
some people and that's okay because that's where they are on their journey yeah and we have to stop taking that responsibility mm-hmm. on to ourselves mm. beautiful sister mm. yeah i hear you that shadow work is so key mm-hmm. i read the dark side of light chases have you read that I've one i've never read that Woof. dark side of light oh it's a goodie it's a goodie um my friend Bryony recommended it and um it just really it really got to the practicalities of shadow work of like what is it that you judge in others harshly mm. and how might you see the ways that you are that thing yes if you if you could take an honest look at yourself in what way do you embody that aspect you judge mm-hmm. so harshly in others? And it's such a triggering process because yeah. you realize you have created, I I will speak from the eye, that I had created a level of self-righteousness mm-hmm. of like, <laughs> I am so fucking pure because mm-hmm. I don't manipulate. Mm-hmm. That's them. And then I'm like, sweetie (laughs) and then I'm like what my whole so who I think I am I'm not really and again it's like these invitations into depths of like of who you think you are through the identity Mm. you've created through your perception of the world and I think yeah there's a level of honesty that shadow work brings forward which is just so beautiful but there's a phase where you do your shadow work and you start healing your trauma and you own your gifts and you start speaking your truth and you own your light. There's a period where it's really lonely. I don't know. Did you experience that? Have you experienced that? Absolutely. Just coming out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Because you realize like, well, for me, I realized the the ways in which I've been relating to people are so inauthentic and surface level, surface level and actually come from a place of trauma. And mm-hmm. so what I'm being invited to do in this transition is to choose spending time in devotion to myself over continuing on relating to others from a place of inauthenticity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think it just gets too uncomfortable to have those inauthentic surface relationships. So it, it, it like, it's, it goes away on its own because it's just not enjoyable. It's not nourishing to you anymore. So yeah. it's not something mm, for, in my experience. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like as well, there's like a level of selfishness that came up in that process as yeah. well, of what, as well of like, this feels so uncomfortable to yeah. say no but I know I'm at a point now where it's so important to be authentic to what's true for me and to listen to how my body responds Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. to those invitations, really sitting in that generator energy. And like, I go to bed with me at night. Like I know what's going to drain me. I know what's going to sustain me. I know what's going to keep me really energized Mm -hmm. And I think there is like a really important nuance with this stuff, with this whole personal development, spiritual development work, because it can touch on elements of narcissism, I think, and this selfishness, (laughs) right? Yes. Of like, I only do things that feel true, good and right for me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, pardon? Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. it's it's I think a bridge that needs to be built here yes. around I do this so that I can be at my most potent self mm-hmm. my most potent expression when I am living my soul's purpose yes and that for me is either at the moment through this podcasting I love doing mm-hmm. this through my coaching my online programs um, and being able to hold a space for people that mm-hmm. supports them to find their voice that supports them to discover those choices and move forward and so yeah I feel like it's important to build that bridge of like it's not just about you living your best life. It's about you being in a place of abundance so that you can powerfully live on purpose so that you can powerfully mm. be all that you're called to be and allow the divine to move through you. Yes. What's your take on this? Oh, I, <laughs> I feel like that is my highest expression when I can allow the divine to move through me. Mm-hmm. That is my highest expression when I am allowing an allowance to all of that. Mm-hmm. And that means detaching from everything that you thought you were mm-hmm. um, to allow that beautiful energy to move through, mm-hmm. to clear those blockages away. Um, but you, you touched on so much and it's so relevant. And I know that so many will resonate to what you said. Um, Yeah, I just feel like I have been there so many times Mm -hmm. and I'm really honoring you for everything that you've come through and learned through. And yeah, I love how you said powerfully lived on purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How can we do that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, that is a surrender. I've got no idea. I don't know. Yeah. Like at all. Yes. And so the more I get out of my head and into my body, the more that I unlearn and do my shadow work, understand mm-hmm. those beliefs that have been programmed in that are driving from my subconscious into my reality, the more that I regulate my nervous system, that's when I am in a position to hold a space, not only for myself, but for the people in my life, whether that's my son, the my clients, the checkout operator, the person making the coffee. Like I can powerfully meet the moment when I have come off autopilot Mm -hmm. and I'm in deep surrender to love, Mm -hmm. to move through, to embody, and then to meet the moment from that place Mm -hmm. rather than from the place of what I need, what I want, my stories, my addictions, my identities. Mm -hmm. It's like – such yeah such a powerful thing to be playing with at the moment anyways of like really trying to understand what it is that I do and I was talking to a friend yesterday and he was just like you you facilitate a space for awareness and for growth Mm. and that's I think just such a beautiful way to articulate how we can hold a space for people yes and get out of our own ways, get out of our own way to be able to bring capacity, bring presence to a moment for some kind of shift to take place. Mm-hmm. And you do that really powerfully, mm, thank like you. so powerfully. <laughs> like No, that's what I think when I think of you, I think of presence. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, it's, it is the only gift we can give someone is our presence. We can't mm. give them our past or our future. We can't give them 
our advice. What they really need is to sit mm-hmm. and have our presence. So it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to cultivate and give. Mm-hmm. To see people. Mm-hmm. To really see. Yeah. And be seen. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I love all of that. I love how we are talking about the sister wound. And it may seem like really fluffy and rainbows and unicorns, but really it's like dark feminine stuff that you mm-hmm. need to move through to to do the healing, to heal the sister wound and then healing everything within yourself first that you're speaking on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then from that place, that's when you come to the ability to be present with mm-hmm. what is. Yes. And to love from a place of wholeness, love from a place of abundance. Mm. And oh, it's just so juicy. It's just it so, is. it's just so like fun as it well. It is fun. And, but also it's the fun and then it's the uncomfortable because I was at that same space when I'm learning to have boundaries and speak my truth. And, and that feels, I feel guilty and I feel mm-hmm. um, selfish. Mm-hmm. And then I think, am I a narcissist? <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. And yeah. I, I, like this healing thing is confusing because I think I'm a narcissist now. Yes. <laughs> and so it can be all the things. It can be fun. It can be uncomfortable. It can be confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, we can have that wholeness. And then we can also, it's okay not to feel that. Mm-hmm. Um but to know that you innately are that wholeness doesn't mean you are all that beautiful things it means you're the light and the dark and it is all okay that Mm. everything about you is okay and accepted and you can have that acceptance for yourself Mm -hmm. I love that and I feel like you know we weren't meant to do this work alone you know yes weren't necessarily meant to just listen to a podcast Mm -hmm. and you know get inspired or have an aha moment like we are meant to be in community. Absolutely. And the one of the big drivers of creating the podcast was to create more accessibility around these conversations because coaching and the personal development world does sit behind these really high costs and it's not mm. accessible for everyone. And so, you know, for me, being able to work with a trauma recovery coach, being able to be in women's circles, being mm. able to have these beautiful experiences has really supported me to get to this place. But I have to understand my privilege in that. Like Mm -hmm. I have been in a privileged position where I have been able to afford that. Yes. And so what would be your message for those people that are really searching for that, that wholeness, Mm -hmm. knowing that it already exists within them, Mm um, knowing that we aren't meant to do it alone, what are some of the things that people can do at home to um, start taking some really powerful steps to begin to be in community around Mm -hmm. the stuff that we've been talking about? Absolutely. And you're right that there is a privilege to all of these these programs that we have access to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And thank you for saying that. And I think really there doesn't have to be that growth doesn't cost anything. There is only um, a beautiful prize that comes out of it. I'm going to take that back. (laughs) I'm thinking the emotional labor, the tears, the fucking... Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to take that back. The panic attacks. (laughs) Um, It doesn't... What I meant when I said it doesn't cost anything is it doesn't cost any financial 
anything financial, but it does cost your bravery, first of all. Mm -hmm. It does cost, um, you know, that willingness to go through that discomfort, the pain, the tears, Mm -hmm. the healing. Um, It does cost that, but there is so much you, so much more you gain Mm -hmm. from it. And so if you don't have to spend all this money, it's beautiful if you can, because there's so much um, growth that can come out of being in that space, Mm -hmm. but it is not needed. Mm -hmm. You can sit with yourself and that's really what it is. It's all about healing the relationship you have with yourself, Mm -hmm. seeing yourself through a more um, graceful, compassionate eyes. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't cost any any money. Mm so begin there, begin with yourself, yeah. um, sitting at home, even meditating is such a powerful practice to just become aware of mm-hmm. the state of your mind. Mm-hmm. The The words and thoughts running through your mind is such a, a great place to start. Just mm-hmm. becoming aware of it, seeing it and being conscious of it without judgment is such a beautiful place to start that doesn't cost any money mm-hmm. and you can do it throughout the day and and then cultivating more practices to get to know yourself more it's really just about finding who you are underneath all of the conditioning of of your upbringing of society of the world finding who you are underneath all of that and that does not cost a dime mm. and when you do that after after the long road of doing it and i just want to say there's no end destination <laughs> to that like yeah it's every day it's yeah. every day yeah. and it's ongoing and that's a beautiful process that it does not stop because mm-hmm. how boring would it be if we get to this end road of finding ourselves and we're like now what yeah, you no. know so it's ongoing it's ongoing learn who you are and build who you want to be intentionally and then you can show up as that with others. And when you are your most authentic self and you allow yourself to be truly seen by first seeing yourself first, you can have so much deep connection because mm. you allow others to see you. Um, and that is, and that's what it's all about. So that's the first step, having that relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy, but I just want to say it's easy in comparison to having relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. So that's the next step. You know, our healing journey was not meant to be just us with ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's about learning to relate to other people Mm -hmm. um, because they can be our mirrors and they can show us so much about ourselves. Mm. Um, And so learning to have these deep connections and relationships and it's all just beautiful. Growing, healing, it's not... without pain Mm -hmm. but it is beautiful (laughs) (laughs) is it beautiful because of the pain absolutely you know like yeah the beauty comes from it's that duality yeah Mm -hmm. maddie maddie (laughs) i just feel like there's like a whole lot of episodes in this one episode i know and it's been we talked about a lot Mm. and it's beautiful like there's Mm -hmm. so much depth here and i just want to say thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom Mm -hmm. for sharing the truth of your heart for sharing from a place of love and for who you be in this world like Mm -hmm. honestly the work that you've done with yourself and building that connection with yourself is so clear in who you be and how you show up Mm -hmm. and yeah I I just see you as the sacred divine (laughs) goddess (laughs) love and adore you and I'm just so grateful that you came to share 
all of your experiences, well, a, a snapshot really of, of some of your experiences on this podcast with everyone listening. So mm-hmm. is there anything else that you want to touch on before we bring this episode to a close? Mm-hmm. I feel like we talked about so much and thank you for your beautiful words. I feel like when you can see all of those things in another person it's because you can see it within yourself and I think that's the work Mm. you know learning to see yourself with admiration uh, so you can see the world Mm. and others with that uh, admiration Mm. Mm. so thank you thank you and if people want to connect with you Mm. what is the best way for them to find you I feel like Instagram's where it's at right now yeah (laughs) you've been posting some amazing content I saw the affirmations yesterday I was like Fuck, that's such a good idea. Um, what's your Instagram handle? It's Madison Purcell, M-A-D-I-S-O-N-P-U-R-E-C-E-L-L. I like forgot to spell my how to spell my last name. Okay, one more time. One more time. Madison Purcell underscore. So we'll just leave the spelling out of it, okay? Okay, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. All right, thank you so you much, sister. It. This has been you. a really beautiful, soulful so episode. Much. I love you, you too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it for this episode. Thank yep. you so much for tuning in. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to invite you to stop what you're doing right now and really reflect on what's landed for you in this episode. What was your aha moment? Write that down and turn it into an actionable goal for you to shift your reality. Inspiration without action leaves you where you were before this episode. So gift yourself this moment for change. If you've enjoyed the episode, please review the podcast. It really helps us grow the reach. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please slide into my DMs on Instagram at the underscore Gemma underscore Rose. See you next time. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.